Hello and welcome to the very first Taste Cheshire podcast. Very excited to be here today because we are extremely passionate about food and drink in the beautiful county of Cheshire. And we want to share that passion with you. We'll be telling you about the deals you can get at local restaurants, independent eateries that use locally sourced produce to present you with something really special. We're talking to you about local producers and the amazing range of food and drink that comes from our fair county. Today we have a very special guest on the podcast, Stuart Collins from Docket 33. You may have seen Stuart last week on the Great British Menu, where he became the Central Region Champion for this year. Stuart runs Docket number 33 with his wife Fran, and we absolutely cannot recommend it enough. The use of local produce, the ever-changing menu to reflect the seasons, and the unbelievably immaculate service makes it genuinely a fabulous place to eat really looking forward to talking to Stuart today about his experience on the great British menu hopefully give you a little bit of a behind the scenes glimpse of what happens on one of the most high profile cooking shows on British television before we get to Stuart though let's begin with a few of the amazing deals that are available at the moment from some of our fabulous local restaurants Yes, we know lockdown restrictions are still in place, but it is coming up to Easter and lots of local restaurants are doing amazing deals that you can enjoy at home with your family over the Easter weekend. As with any bank holiday weekend, we're hoping for a bit of sunshine. So what is better in a sunny bank holiday weekend than a barbecue? And who does barbecue better in Chester than Hickory Smokehouse? Hickory's do offer Hickory's at home service and they have an incredible Easter family barbecue feast. I mean, this is a lot of food. There's enough food for six people and it includes your own milkshake making kit. I mean, talk about how to keep the kids happy. They will provide you with all of the things that you need in plenty of time for Easter. And you can keep everything in the fridge for up to three to five days. So you can always order it a little bit in advance. So, If you want slow smoked chicken wings, Memphis ribs, barbecue pulled pork and a whole host of sides and other things delivered to your house in time for Easter, head to hickoriesathome.co.uk. If you're not a meat eater and you want to get something maybe a bit more plant based for your Easter special treats, Wild and Wild in Congleton is an entirely plant based restaurant and they do local delivery around Congleton, Newcastle under Lyme, Sandbatch, Alsage, all around that area. They are offering the most gorgeous Easter brunch box and a fabulous Easter treat box delivered to your door. Plus, for every order, they plant a tree. All of their packaging is 100% compostable and they only need 24 hours notice for you to order. So get in touch with wildandwild.co.uk. If you're planning to make this Easter weekend a bit of a party weekend, don't blame you, we all need a little bit of cheering up at the moment. Why not have a look at the suburbs in Hull who are offering an Easter feast, a Sunday roast, but including a 500ml cocktail for just £20. You can choose from their legendary cocktail list. You can have a Suburbs Negroni, Smoke in the City, Mile High Club, which is a personal favourite of mine, an Espresso Martini if you like a little bit of a coffee kick or a classic margarita. You can order by giving them a call on 01244 344 or you can use the Suburbs app. Head to www.the-suburbs.co.uk. They are also offering, if you're not a cocktail person, to do a Sunday roast with Prosecco 
and there's the option of a mini roast for the kids which comes with a complimentary mini egg always good to have more chocolate at easter if you are interested in finding more information on any of the deals that i mention on the podcast or if you just don't have a pen when i fire the details at you um, you can of course always go to tastecheshire.com where we list all the best deals and events and lots and lots of other good stuff for you to have a look at you can also follow us on social media we're on facebook we're on instagram we're on twitter and we're very active on all of those platforms we like to fire you out some deals all day long let you know what's going on in the food and drink industry in this area as much as possible so please find us on there on facebook and on twitter we are at taste cheshire or one word and on instagram we've got a cheeky dot between the two we are at taste.cheshire we've just got time for one more fabulous easter deal this is an easter afternoon takeaway now i don't know if you know the nelson hotel group but they cover palm court at the grosvenor pulford hotel the pheasant inn at burwoodsley the fish pool inn at delamere and the bears pour at warmingham so they cover a lot of area in cheshire you can order their amazing afternoon tea it's had a proper seasonal makeover by order of the easter bunny and you can have it for collection from any of their sites so wherever you are in cheshire there's probably somewhere nearby for you uh, the easter afternoon tea is 16.95 for one or 30 pounds for two but you can obviously add a bottle of prosecco and there are discounts available if you're including a child there's also an amazing competition a golden egg giveaway where the easter bunny will be placing golden eggs at random in selected orders so if you find one you snap a picture share it on instagram and facebook and you can win a gorgeous prize from the nelson hotels though it could be a gift voucher it could be a spa escape you don't want to miss out on this one so if you wish to order you can email reservations at grosvenorpulfordhotel.co.uk or you can call 01244 570560. Okay, and now on to some news. With traditional Easter egg hunts off the agenda due to COVID restrictions, Chester Bid has set up a lockdown-friendly Easter trail for children across the city of Chester. It's going to launch on the 1st of April. It's going to run throughout the month. And because the team at the Bid were really aware that families will be looking for activities that are safe, socially distanced and contactless, They've teamed up with a QR trail expert, High Street Safari, to create a free interactive story trail that's designed to encourage children to walk, get engaged, and most importantly, have a lot of fun. Mr. Finney Baker's Easter Factory Trail is positioned around Chester City Centre with 10 woodland Easter factory characters, like Mr. Badger, who paints the egg wrappings, or Mr. Frog, who drives the egg lorries. The trail takes about an hour to complete, but can be completed in more than one visit, and it's completely free for families and groups to take part in, and they win a personalised digital selfie storybook at the end. Sounds like a whole lot of fun. We absolutely think you should give it a try. Speaking of fun things that you want to give a try to, let's talk about foodie events. Now, if you've never been to a food festival, you are completely missing out because it is an incredible experience. The Taste Cheshire Food and Drink Festival usually takes place over this Easter bank holiday weekend. It's been running for 20 plus years and it features incredible food demonstrations from celebrity chefs, local chefs. There are cooking classes that are free, included in the price for kids, for adults. There are barbecue masterclasses. And then over the race course, there are 150 different food and drink stalls with flavours 
that will drive you completely crazy. By the race course, I do of course mean Chester Racecourse. Alongside the food and drink festival, there's actually something called Camper Fest, where you can book a space for your tent, for your camper van, for your motorhome, and come and camp right in the middle of Chester City Centre over the four day weekend. It's an incredible experience. Now, obviously this year has been a little bit different with all the COVID restrictions. Last year's event was canceled, rescheduled, canceled. Ugh, crazy annoying. However, we are hugely pleased and amazingly proud to say that this year's festival will take place, but it's going to take place over the August bank holiday weekend instead. So that is the 28th to the 30th of August. That's going to be the food and drink festival and then the camper fest, your ability to camp on the race course will also be going ahead alongside the food and drink festival where you can arrive on the Thursday and leave on the Monday. It is honestly the ultimate highlight of the year. It's the UK's biggest food and drink festival. If you haven't been, you're missing out. If you have been, you know you want to go again. Tickets are already available. If you have a ticket from last year's event that hasn't already been refunded, you can use it for this year's event. Just bring it along. Don't worry about it. You don't need a new ticket issuing. It's not a problem at all. If you haven't got a ticket yet, that's okay too. You can buy them at chesterfoodanddrink.co.uk. That's chesterfoodanddrink.co.uk. If you are interested in Camperfest, Camperfest booking does include your tickets to all three days of the festival. And you can have a look for more information about Camperfest at camperfest.co.uk. Major highlights of this year's Food and Drink Festival will be our three celebrity chefs. These are huge, huge names in the business. John Turode, yes, him from MasterChef. He's coming along to do a celebrity demonstration. We'll also have the food legend, which is Paul Rankin, who has been to our festival before, loved it so much he wants to come back again and the cheeky chappy of the food industry, Chris Bavin, will be there as well. So it's all set to be a fabulous weekend of food. Fingers crossed as well with it being in August that we get some of that lovely sunshine to enjoy sitting in the sun, having a drink, sharing some really good times with our family and our friends after what has obviously been such a difficult year for everybody. So book your ticket now because this is going to be brilliant. Someone else who's been to our food and drink festival before and done his own cooking demonstration on our main stage is in fact Stuart Collins, as promised from Docket 33. We were so thrilled to see him last week on the Great British Menu and absolutely over the moon that he found the time to have a little chat with us today about his experiences and here he is. Yeah, good morning, Tori. Thanks so much for uh, calling me. Oh, thank you, Stuart, for joining us today. Firstly, congratulations on an amazing achievement, becoming Central Region Champion on the Great British Menu. Obviously, we all watched, cheered you on, we loved the show, and it was clear that you were a little bit surprised by the result. Yeah, you know, the show is, 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 is quite a big production, and um, it's something that's now I've watched for a good number of years now, and um, there's been some obviously incredible chefs on it. And yeah, kind of to to get to to be uh, Central Region champion was was quite unexpected. Um, yeah, amazing moment. Yeah, I mean, everybody in the competition is at such a high level. What does it mean to you to join the ranks of of those kind of chefs? It's you know, it's it's. I guess it's all kind of sunken in as well. It's it, it really is amazing. It's, um, because the competition is about regions, and you know. 
we are representing where we live and what we cook and where we source all the ingredients from. It really meant a lot. Um, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I can't actually put it into words. It's, it was really amazing moment. I mean, it is at the end of the day a competition. Are you a competitive person by nature? I think being a chef, there is always a, you know, you've got an element of, of com- competitiveness inside you. Um, and, you know, the competition, you certainly, it does bring it out of you. I kind of went into it being like, yeah, you know, we'll see how I get on and everything will be fine. But as the course, you know, as the number of courses reduces and you think there's less and less chance, you know, if something goes wrong now. And it really starts to build inside of you. And, and yeah, so, you you know, you dig deep and you push hard. Um, but you yeah, do, do you have a little bit of a feeling when the con- other contestants maybe struggle a little bit? Is there a little bit of a, oh, yes, kind of moment? Or do you just stay focused on what you're doing? It's really double-edged because I think we got really lucky with that with the group of chefs that were in there, um, Shannon, Lim and Sabrina. You know, although it is a competition and you're all vying to, to be the champion, you are there to celebrate and hopefully get through to that amazing banquet, which is to, you know, produce the most amazing food uh, and to celebrate uh, this year, obviously, for the innovators and inventors uh, for some amazing uh, things that we use on a day-to-day basis. So although there is this competitive edge, you also genuinely want everyone to make the most amazing food. So whilst, you know, don't want to help your fellow (laughs) chefs do better, you also, you know... Everyone's worked hard to be there. We all know the time, the effort, and, and everything that goes into even getting to that stage. So, yeah, it's a funny one. Um, Do you handle your own wobbles? You know, when you're praying to the blast chiller gods, how do you handle those kind of situations? Yeah, it's it's funny because you, you know, on a normal day, say you're in your own kitchen, you know, your equipment works, um, and you're in your own space, so you're comfortable um, going into that. Great British menu kitchen, especially on dessert day. You know, it's famous for blast chiller moments, ice creams melting, anything that can go, you know, anything that's meant to be cold ends up hot, chocolate doesn't temper. So, yeah, going into that day, as confident as I was with the dish, you really, you never know what the kitchen's going to throw up. So, I guess, you know, take a take a deep breath. You've got to, there are cameras in your face and you've got to just accept that. Um and obviously, yeah. you've got to follow your own catchphrases. No drama, baby llama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, become quite a coin phrase, so it's good. Um, I think, yeah, I think maybe there's a hashtag there. I believe that your wife is having T-shirts printed up. Yes, yeah, good. Uh, you know, it's nice. It's got people engaged in the show, and, and there's important amount of humour. I mean, we need it this year, so, yeah, wonderful. Yeah, I think your sense of humour really came through on the show. I think it's... It must be very difficult in a stressful situation to to keep smiling, keep laughing. As you said, be a bit swan-like in those situations. Um, it's clear that there's a, a huge amount of thought that goes into every dish. What does the preparation look like? How long does it take? What kind of timelines do you have? So i actually on a bit of a reserve list, obviously, this year with COVID and whatnot. Um, so I was kind of on a... Uh, if something didn't work out for somebody, they'd call me up. So I got quite a short timeline. Um, we got kind of three to four weeks to make it happen. Um, and, yeah, I mean, basically, you get you get some help with the innovators and the inventors. Excuse me, the, the production team kind of steer you towards a, a long list, and then you can pick from those. Right. But all of the food ideas and the way you depict that onto a plate or into the food is, is down to yourself. Um, so, for example, I was going to do a dish around the Spitfire, 
uh, you know, wonderful invention, obviously, uh, back up in, in kind of North Staffordshire. Um, translating that into food, I couldn't, I couldn't work out a way of doing it. Um, things like the, the traffic light, for example, the one I did for the pre-dessert, it was actually a traffic signal, a traffic light that was invented. But um, yeah, I, I was looking at doing a tomato dish, trying to use some colours, obviously red, yellow and green tomatoes. Um, but once I had got the short list of inventors and stuff I wanted to use, and then you start working out how to build your menu. Um, and as I think it was Oliver Payton that picked up, seemed to be a bit of a theme, so to turn traffic light into the road, but that was purely coincidence, to be honest. I was going to ask if you had maybe a little bit of a, uh, a road I don't geek. know, it just, it just seemed to fall in. But yeah, the idea of doing a lot of a traffic light, um, you know, it's easily recognisable and I think it sort of smashed the brief as, as well as being delicious. It did look amazing. I'm, I'm sure Fran will tell us that she's eaten about 50 of them by now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, we tried a few. I mean, oh, you have your fabulous restaurant, Docket. How much of the, the menus recently have also been a little bit of testing out things that, that might work in the menu? Yeah, there's, there's certainly been a little bit. Um, yeah, the dessert, we sort of ran a variation of it. And, um, I personally yeah, have tried your, your tartare before. Well, there we go. So, um, yeah, it, it, certain elements appeared on the menu. And then, you know, the main course is very, very similar to what we would serve in the restaurant. Um, that was a perfect opportunity for me to really shout about the amazing producers that we use on a daily basis to really celebrate all those um, incredible ingredients. And it just fit the bill in terms of using that jigsaw. It matched the original dissected maps that was uh, John Spilsby did. And yeah, for me, it was a real, it might not have, it might not have been the best dish for the competition, but it seemed the perfect opportunity to hit the brief and, and celebrate what we do and, and to represent what we do on a daily basis because it's all very well going in and playing the game and, you know, smashing the, smashing the competition aspect of it. But You've got to represent yourself as a chef. We've got a business to represent. And I think being true to yourself is really important. I absolutely agree with that. You've um, you've worked with a lot of big names in the industry over the years, Gordon Ramsay, Michael Caine. Did that help with nerves, you know, when you're facing the judges, for example? I think, for example, I thought some of the contestants looked quite thrown when Simon Rogan walked in the door, whereas you seemed very calm. Yeah, maybe. I think it's just because I'm getting old. I think it's... <laughs> You and me both. (laughs) I think, yeah, I mean, maybe. Uh, It's amazing because, you know, even though I was pleasantly surprised how calm I did come across, but inside you are, you are, um, but also there's nothing you can change. I think that's the one thing I I kind of realised is that you're in it, you've committed to it, and whoever walked through the door is, you've got to deal with it. Um, But afterwards, I believed in my dishes, I practised them, I, I felt confident that they hit the brief and... You know, whoever had walked through that door, there was nothing I could do at that point to change the dishes. So, you know, I, I, as I say, I believed in them and I stand behind them. Um, yeah. And yeah, so you, you have to have an air of confidence. Um, oh, we know that you'll, that. sorry, we know that you'll be back cooking in the national final in May. What do you think is the biggest challenge facing you once you reach that next level? And should we expect some surprises? <laughs> Um, yeah, so the the finals, obviously, I guess it's because it's the best of the best. Um, and where, you know, for example, in the regional heats, you get um, a 
a couple of low scores, perhaps um, you know some of, some of the chefs that get you know six and sevens. When you get to the the national finals, everyone's getting nines or tens. So yeah, it's you you're it's a whole different level of finesse and refinement, and it's the best of the best. You know, it's the eight best chefs from across the country. Yeah, um, and that's you know that's that's no slant on anyone that takes part in the regionals. It's it's huge. It's a massive uh, production. It's it's quite. Intimidating um, in a way, um, you know. It's a, it's a, it's an environment that you're out of your comfort zone. So even some, you know, amazing chefs would, would do struggle in that environment because it's not what we're used to. Um, but yeah, certainly going into the final, it's it's the best of the best. So the pressure's on. Yeah, I'm sure it is. And Andy Oliver is the new host this year. She seemed very supportive. Have you met her before? I haven't met her. Um, and yeah, she was very. She's very calming. She was that lovely kind of, you know, there's a lot of things about the program that I thought, well, not, not staged, that's the wrong word, but I, you know, I, and I've said it many times now, that when the chefs walk into the kitchen first thing in the morning, that's, that's real. I had no idea who was going to be in the kitchen. I didn't, you know, you literally walk in and that's the first time you see who's, who's there. Um, so there are all these nerves and these kind of emotions running around. And then Andy walks in and she's very calming. She's very welcoming. Um, she's very kind of helpful just in a kind of how can I say um, how can you not worry about the cameras and the production she really helps you just focus on the food on what you're there to do um, and of course the feedback is you know really well received she's, she's obviously sat on both sides in terms of in the chamber and now in the kitchen um, so she's that lovely kind of in the middle yeah she's got the knowledge to, to help support you in every aspect indeed Lovely. So now you've popped your Great British Menu cherry. Can we expect to see more of you on TV on the telly box? Yeah. Well, I mean, if opportunities not, um, it's yeah, it's nice. I think um, you know, I really enjoyed doing, doing Great British Menu. It was, I guess, it's one of those things that I I never thought I'd actually do, and, and having done it, I, I I did really enjoy it. Um, How does it feel know, watching yourself? Yeah, watching yourself is very strange. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Do you watch it as a family, or? Yeah, I mean, we Fran and I sat down and we watched it, um, and then the little one came in. We watched it again the next morning, and little one was running around and he was loving it. So yeah, um, but yeah, it, again, you just got to accept that it, it's funny, isn't it? It's like looking at a picture. Everyone else sees you on a daily basis, but you kind of don't look at yourself you know, without getting too deep and meaningful, and, and you just have to accept that. Um, what you see is what everyone else sees on a daily basis. So, um, yeah, you can't change it. <laughs> well, we thought you were fabulous and we are rooting for you in the national final. I love the idea that you were only on the wait list and then you led them from the get-go, showed them the way. So we're really proud of you and we wish you all the best of luck in the national finals. Thank you very, very much. Really appreciate that. My pleasure. Thank you for talking to us today, Stuart. Collins from Docket 33. So now you've heard from the man himself, I'm sure you're all absolutely desperate to go and visit his restaurant. Docket number 33 is in Whitchurch. It offers an exclusively a tasting menu by Stuart Collins himself. It focuses on sourcing the best local and seasonal produce from this area. The menu changes frequently along with the availability of the fresh ingredients. But due to the recent pandemic, obviously, they are currently only offering a docket at home service, which is amazing value. And they always give you a great wine recommendation as well. You can collect it from the restaurant and enjoy it in the comfort of your own home. 
However, once we're all allowed to be out and about again, Docket will obviously reopen for normal service. They're open Thursday, Friday and Saturday evenings. Bookings are available online through the website. However, I will warn you, it's a popular choice at the moment. Please be prepared to book well in advance of the date that you require. And the web address that you need is docketrestaurant.com. On now to a little chat about local producers. Today's producer profile features three Wrens gin. Now, I know what you're thinking. It's the bank holiday weekend. We're all going to need a little bit of a drink. And what better to have than something made locally, an artisan product. And I've got to tell you that three Wrens have won a whole host of awards for their amazing gins. They are a boutique gin distillery and they're based in beautiful and opposite the stunning Chumley Castle. Three Wrens is owned and operated by a cocktail bartender turned distiller and the gins are made using hand-picked botanicals and spring water from their stunning woodland look. It's a true craft gin. The distilling, the bottling, the labelling, it's all done on site and production is limited to just 50 litres per run. The gins are made in a hand-built copper pot still named Valerie with an additional vapour basket being used to extract the delicate flavour of locally grown herbs and flowers. The distillery is open for direct sales, but it also does really cool gin tours, which include a cocktail tasting experience. Obviously, these aren't running at the moment, but there are gift vouchers available and you can book well in advance. Today, I want to highlight their brand new gin. It's Blood Orange and Apricot. How cool does that sound? Um, it has a nickname. It's called the Bloody Apricot Gin. It's their newest distilled gin. It's made with juniper, blood orange and apricot as its key botanicals. It's got absolutely gorgeous aroma of fresh blood orange and it's packed with all those lovely citrusy flavours you'd expect. But it's really silky smooth to drink and that's probably because of the apricot in it. They've also used a little bit of ginger, gives it a subtle spice. There's some sweet grass in there and it just accentuates everything. It's so lush. The gin is filtered and bottled. It's 40% ABV, so you know, take it steady. But it is 100% natural and there are no essences or flavouring agents in it. This stuff is the real deal. So you can order from them directly. They aim to dispatch within two or three working days. So if you're really quick, you can get it in time for Easter. Um, they also do export to trade so you may when the bars reopen find it in your local bar and we thoroughly recommend that you give it a try if you'd like to order directly from three wrens their website address is three wrensgin.com that's three spelled out not just the number we do of course ask that you drink responsibly and obviously you must be over 18 to order this delicious product Okay guys, so that's it for the very first TC Pod, the Taste Cheshire podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed it. If you enjoyed it, even if you didn't, we'd love to hear from you and get some feedback. What did you like? What would you like to see more of? We're planning on doing lots more food events, food deals, food interviews, all about our fabulous county of Cheshire. But please drop us a line if you're interested in joining in the fun to info at tastecheshire.com. You can follow us on social media. We are Taste Cheshire on Facebook. We are Taste Cheshire on Twitter. And we are taste.cheshire on Instagram. 
if you really enjoyed what we did please appreciate that times are tough and if you'd like to help support us and the work we do promoting the food and drink of this fabulous county then please buy us a coffee to say thank you so it's ko-fi.com forward slash tc pod that's ko-fi forward slash tc pod the link should be in the bio for this podcast you can buy us a coffee and we'd really appreciate it thanks for listening i've been tori for taste cheshire and this was tc pod the taste cheshire podcast Bye bye